Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Got to Diva Show podcast. Today we are talking to the lovely Sonia Tompkins, and we're talking about the best proven startup strategies for a creative retail business. Sonia Tompkins is a creative startup strategist for retail and service-based entrepreneurs looking to start and scale their brick-and-mortar business. So today she's going to give us some proven startup strategies that are going to help you in developing your creative retail business and hopefully getting you into that brick-and-mortar location that you've been dying to have you are tuned in to the Jackson Diva show now Sonia Tompkins has more than 20 years of experience working and owning and operating four businesses in St. Louis and Jefferson City, Missouri, including a day spa salon and three brick-and-mortar boutiques. Now, she started when she was 18 years old as a cosmetologist, a licensed cosmetologist, working as a self-employed hairstylist. But by the time she was 25, she opened her own urban oasis, the Fifth Element Salon and Day Spa. Balancing motherhood and marriage, she's also using her experience and knowledge to teach others how to start, run, and scale their own profitable boutiques and other service-based businesses through her online business, SincerelySonia.com. She's also a public speaker, and she provides one-on-one coaching programs for all of her clients. So I'm really excited because we've kind of been friends on Twitter, and I wanted to talk to her (laughs) because she had the knowledge to make sure that all our creators out there who are interested in starting a brick-and-mortar business can get started as soon as possible. Hey, Sonia, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, Aisha, thank you. It is a pleasure to be here. Man, that was a mouthful with you, all that you just said. I should hire you as a publicist. That was great. <laughs> You're an accomplished woman. you got to make it sound really good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really, so happy to, I'm really happy to be here and, and being able to share some knowledge with people. I, I, this is my favorite, my favorite part of what I've always done is what I'm doing now, which is being able to teach other people how to do it. So this is awesome. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad because you drop a couple of gems on Twitter as well. So if you guys are not following her, make sure that you go to twitter.com slash Cecilia Sonia. I follow her. And I don't know how we got connected. I think it was from a – it might have been from a chat. But um, from that point on, every time I see you post, I'm like, let me share this. I got to go check it out, read it from your blog. And um, it's really beneficial information, I think. For someone who is a creative and who loves retail at the same time, you help me, you know, think about what should I do to get started. And then it it really, no, it really did. It made me want to help other people because I know there's plenty of women out there who have that dream of having a brick-and-mortar retail location or possibly taking their business and putting it into a building um, or a retail business. And I know that you've had such, you know, you have over 20 years of experience, and you've done this on literally a low budget. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, most definitely. Um, well, the, I don't even know where to start, but the low, the, the, the small budget, oh, my God, that's everything. Um I kind of was born into a family of entrepreneurs. So um, where other people may find it very intimidating to think of owning a business and having their own business, for me that just was that was just normal. Like for most people maybe it's normal to graduate high school, it's normal to go to college, that's what you do. This is, mm-hmm. For me that was just normal. You know, at some point I'm going to have my own business. And for me I actually knew 
when I was like three or four what I was going to do. I didn't know that I knew it, but I did. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like as a child, you know, my brothers, you know, they wanted to watch cartoons and play <laughs> games. And the only my parents will tell the story, the only games I ever wanted to play was store, I was the cashier, or beauty shop, and I was the hairstylist. That was that was the only games I played. So we so you basically that. started off having a passion for customer service and retail from the early age of three. Absolutely, I, I love <laughs> That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, loved it. So, so, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so basically that just kind of, that's where it started. And uh, from then it just became a matter of creating a plan about how I was going to do it and, you know, just sticking with that. Okay. Now you described yourself as being passionate about it. Do you think that there's any other reasons why outside of the fact that you grew up around a lot of entrepreneurs? Um, I think. So my passion was around being a service to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just recently kind of gotten to that understanding. You know, the passion was being a service and helping people and being around people. The vehicle that allowed me to do that was having an interest in fashion and beauty you know Mm -hmm. I have a natural talent of knowing how to do hair so that kind of started it for me that was was a natural talent and through that talent I was able to you know be around people be around women um, Mm -hmm. and through that give them service which was doing their hair you know talking to them encouraging them so each little thing kind of had its own purpose that plays into the big picture, you know, of of actually opening and then having a physical boutique. But as those processes were happening, I wasn't necessarily aware of that, if if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes you don't know where you're going to end up until you finally get on the path to doing it. So Exactly, which is why doing it is so important. Yes. So tell us, because I know that you have a blog post on your website about how you opened up a boutique with only $3,000 cash. Now, I have to be honest with you. I double, like, turned and checked this because I was like, you sure she didn't need $30,000 cash? (laughs) Maybe it's a typo, and if I read further, she's going to explain. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. However, it's legit $3,000 cash. You have to share a little bit of that so everybody can go to your website and check out this article. Absolutely. So, no, you read it right. It was 3000 k And um, it really isn't as hard as people think. Basically what I did, and I, I'm, I will uh, preface this with um, a small explanation. So at the time that I opened my boutique, I already had my day spa salon fully operating and going. And so for me, I started just incorporating, again, this wasn't something I didn't plan, like, oh, I want to have a boutique. I literally just was like, you know, uh, my customers are coming in, you know, they're getting their hair done, their flies, they're telling me about their outfit they're wearing or whatever, or they're asking me about an outfit, what do you think I should wear when I go here? And so I started saying, okay, well, I'll just have a small section of accessories um, and, and handbags and things like that. 
So my thought process was just to do do something very small like that. So the $3,000 does not include having to actually go out and lease or rent a building. So that's a big thing I want everybody to know. But that doesn't mean you can't still create something, and, and that's what I try to share is you can start wherever you are with whatever resources you have. So my resources were I already had a physical building. Now I just took a small section of that space. I literally, a corner, okay, a corner. I got a baker's rack. I spray painted it and made it look really cute and new. I um, got on, like, your Craigslist and um, looked at different uh, – I'll tell you, I, I just, I'm writing an article right now about why springtime is the best time of year to start a retail business. And mm-hmm. one of the tips I share is something that I used at that time. This time of year, a lot of stores, major department stores or whatever, that are closing their doors, they are selling equipment and fixtures for pennies on the dollar. And so I had the opportunity to see some of these stores closing at my local mall. I bought two mannequins, you know, so these are my, these are my equipments and my fixtures, pennies on the dollar. Um, I found out how to incorporate, you know, how to buy, what to buy. And literally I had $3,000 to spend and that's what I spent. And I turned a profit off of that $3,000 from month one. It's very, very, it's very, very easy to do. So it's, it's possible to make this happen on, you know, a very small budget. It's all about planning and being strategic and what you get for your, your retail location before you even get in the door. Is that correct? Absolutely. Be strategic. Have a plan. Um, and, and, and be aware and be open when opportunities happen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not to get too mystical here, but I'm a big believer in also calling into existence what you want. And sometimes people say, yeah, well, I called and said I wanted a million dollars and I don't have a million dollars. But you have to be specific. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. you, you have to be specific, and these things will show up and opportunities do happen. And when they happen, be ready to make a move. Because they show up, but if we don't want to make, if we feel scared because we haven't really committed to the decision that we're going to do this, we're going to open this boutique, we're going to open this salon, then see that fear, that, that'll mess you up every time. So, uh, yeah, have the plan well, and the vision. Yeah. So this is sounding awesome, and I'm trying to figure out how how would you describe your the aspects of your coaching programs and public speaking and how you're helping others develop this same business acumen. Um, I know that you're talking to a lot of entrepreneurs one-on-one, talking to people who are respective boutique owners and retail professionals. So give us some of the aspects of your coaching and teaching them to do the same exact thing that you're doing or even better. So the main thing that I do is I help people figure out where their next steps can be based on what they desire. So I'm not interested in trying to teach you how to do what I did. I want to help you get to your goal, right, based on your ideas, your desire, where you're at right now, and how we can, how I can help you get there. Because a lot of times people just get stuck at the starting point, Aisha. Like, I feel like people, that's the hardest part, if you can actually just get going. And so um, – 
I spend a good amount of time with any person that I work with. The first step is really getting to getting clear and helping them get clear about exactly what it is they want to do because I get this a lot. So how did you open your boutique is the main question that I get. And then I said, well, what, what do you want? What kind of boutique do you want to have? Oh, well, I want to sell clothes and, and accessories and, you know, uh, some shoes and I want to have this. And it's this whole So they really haven't, de- they haven't developed a niche is what you're saying. They haven't developed a niche. They don't have a clear idea. Nothing's wrong with having the big dream, but in order to get started, you know, it's easier to, what's the saying, something about, you know, how do you eat an elephant sandwich? It's literally one bite at a time. Like let's start let's start with one thing, master mm-hmm. that and build and build from there. So I wanna take time to really get to understand and help my clients understand and develop a niche, a target market, a specific customer. And from there they notice that it gets a lot easier because now they know exactly what they're trying to do, who they're trying to do it for, and how that's gonna to work to give them the you know, the end result. So I'm really big on that, really digging into their minds and helping them figure out what they want and using my experience, you know, to steer them in the right direction so that they don't have to go through the trial and error that I went through. Because if you can do it with a straight line, why wouldn't you? Exactly, exactly. So that brings it right back to uh, planning and, uh, excuse me, planning, being strategic, and then figuring out who's your target market. So outside of those three, what are some of the other common mistakes you believe entrepreneurs are making in opening their own boutique or retail business? Because, you know, a lot of us aren't perfect, and I've made some mistakes down the road, and I think that the mistakes help us to learn what not to do next time. You you know, you need a couple of failures to reach success. So what are some of the common mistakes you're seeing that a lot of people are making outside of not having a plan, not being strategic, and not knowing who they're direct audiences right well i yeah i'm i'm definitely in that boat with the not perfect party so let me <laughs> let me say that um probably the one of the biggest if not the biggest is people um again they get stuck at the starting point and so i hear people saying asking do i need to uh go to school or have a certain type of degree or formal education to do this. They get stuck there. The answer to that is no. I'm never a person to say education is wrong. How could how could learning ever be wrong? But is that a yeah. requirement? Is that a prerequisite to starting a boutique or a retail business? Absolutely not. The second one is people think that they need to have a loan from a bank or they need a huge budget. And I can't stress this enough. There's so, there are so many different ways to start uh, a retail business without having, you know, listen, when I went on paper for my salon and figured how much it was going to cost me to start this day spa salon, my number showed about $25,000. When I actually opened my salon, I only spent $6,000. Again, cash, no loan, I didn't have to go to the bank, and that leads me to number three is this, the the idea of the business plan. Mm-hmm. 
you know, what they teach in school in terms of how to have a business plan, and it's this big, intricate, long, super detailed template. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, no thank you. I've done none of that. I've done none of that ever, ever. Now again, it sounds have, overwhelming. <laughs> it is, and that's why I didn't do it because listen, I'm kind of lazy when it comes to that. I don't. I just. I don't. I, I choose not to spend my time on a whole lot of thinking. Think. Oh, just overthinking because mm-hmm. some have a have a plan, have an idea, have a visual, and yeah. then get started because otherwise you 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 spend all your time taking in all this information and doing a lot of thinking, but you're not doing. That makes you got to start doing. Yeah, you got to start yeah. doing. So that business plan uh, booklet that they teach that you need to have in order to be successful, yeah, it's a little you know, it's, it's so funny that you say that because I had a friend of mine. He, she had the perfect concept for a retail location. She had her name. She even created her logo. But when I say she literally spent like a year trying to perfect that business plan and hadn't made not one sale, even though she had a customer base, even though people were showing. Yes, even though people were showing interest and she had a customer base and people were inquiring about certain things that they saw her wear or saw her have or, you know, in her possession online or whatever, she still did not collect any money because she assumed that she had to have her business plan together first and have someone else kind of give her the credentials, the the, the green light for her to go yeah. ahead and start making money. And, you know, I know that you said that being, you know, strategic and having a plan is very important, but one of the most vital things that you just got finished saying, which I took from it and let me know if it's wrong, is that you can have a plan and a strategy all you want to, but if you don't start, what was the point of all that time that you just wasted? <laughs> yeah, you have to implement the plan. Like, it's like, it's it's the equivalent to being the college student. You know, we all know someone like that that has been in college for 10 years and they're not working on a Ph.D., they're just, they're you know, they're the consummate student. Okay, meanwhile, your student debt is racking up. Meanwhile, you're not living the life that you say you desire. And I get it. It's because it's fearful. It's fear. I, and I get that. So I'm not trying to make light of that. And if people really, like, sit down and think about it, the reason they're not actually doing a lot of times is is based in fear. Fear that you're not going to make it, fear that it fails, what will people think, what if, well, I want it to look this certain kind of way. And you know what? Um, again, I'm going to get a little mystical hokey here, but if you start <laughs> doing, well, you know, because some people, I start talking like this, they're like, oh, here she go with that woo-woo stuff. But no, no, it's inspiring. <laughs> yeah, I, but if you start doing, if you make the steps, the next couple of steps will be easier. Things will start to happen. So your friend who was, like, oblivious to these people who are trying to throw coins at her, mm-hmm. what? Oh, my gosh. Like, I wouldn't have been like, oh, my God, dear, dear sister, please. Please, wow. you are missing it. Yeah, so the plan, and when I say have a, be strategic, have a plan, that can be as simple as writing down a freaking checklist and say, okay, 
Yeah. Here are the five things or the ten things that I'm going to accomplish this week to get this business started by X amount of days or months. Mm-hmm. You know, set a, set a goal plan, you know, a short one. And then every week, write down what you're going to do this week and check those things off. Even just accomplishing three out of the five things that you set out to do, that gives you a sense of, of accomplishment and confidence. It starts to build that, you know. And if you have people who are, are telling you, you know, they're, they're loving what your concept is, they're, you know, those are good indications that you're on the right path. And, and you should really start to move from that point if you haven't already. Well, that brings me to another question because I know that you um, you specifically specialize in helping people get a brick-and-mortar uh, retail business or boutique, mm-hmm. but do you have any advice for those uh, retail professionals or boutique owners who aren't afraid to incorporate social media into their marketing efforts, and what tips and advice would you give to those individuals in maintaining their brand voice? Um, and also being as consistent and fearless as those who have a actual store location. So um, I'm going to say two things. I, I'm not against online businesses in any way. I think that's a great – I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, I, as an individual, have probably done a lot more online shopping in the last two years than I've ever done. So <laughs> I like online – you know, so I, I'm a fan of online shopping to a certain degree, um, but um, since I have had real-life experience running successful storefront businesses, I only want to tell somebody I can teach them how to do something that I've actually done successfully. I have dipped my toes a few times into having an online, um, like an online version of my boutique, and uh-huh. here's what I here's what I learned um, that I which is why I don't really do it. It's a lot of work. It is basically the equivalent of having a second location. It is not yeah. easier. I that's what, I'm glad you asked me that, Aisha, because I do think a lot of people believe that starting an online business is less expensive and mm-hmm. easier than actually yeah. starting a physical brick and mortar business. And I you're saying, don't. You're saying that's a that's a common misconception that online that is a misconception. Okay, they're not necessarily easier nor less expensive than running a business. That is absolutely because the same things you have to do the same things. Any mm-hmm. business is gonna needs a it needs a, a presence whether it's online or a physical store. Every business is gonna need good branding. Okay, every business is gonna need a target market, and know how to reach that market. So advertising, every business is going to need that. Now, the difference is there's some certain aspects to a brick-and-mortar store, for instance, like I have display windows. Maybe I have a really good physical location with a lot of physical traffic. So maybe I don't have to rely heavily on advertising through television or print or radio, whereas a online store, you don't have the physical walking traffic and the big display windows that actually show your merchandise, so you have to advertise in another way. So that means, you know, paying for online ads or uh, really having your SEO or your search engine uh, rankings 
really uh-huh. high and done well. Okay, well, I don't know anything about, you know, coding and keywords and search engine uh-huh. optimization. I was like, what? You know, so now uh-huh. that's an expense. Now I need to pay someone to do that. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing because it's not. It's just there's different ways that you have to, to run your business in order to be successful, uh, whether it's online or a brick and mortar. And so the misconception that most people think is, oh, I'll have an online store that's going to be quick, easy, and, I'll, you know, I'm reaching everybody in the world. Yeah. Yes, yeah, but no. And so once we start breaking down some of these things and comparing expenses, people get to see and understand that, oh, in order for it to be successful, so that's the difference. You can just throw it. You can put it together and throw it up there. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're going to have customers. And that was an experience that I learned, and uh, I found that, okay, this is basically a whole other store. You know, I need somebody available to answer a phone. Customers, when I shop online, if I have a question about a fabric or a sizing, I want to talk to a person. Absolutely. I'm glad <laughs> you know. said that. I'm glad you said that because, like I said, there's so many people who just assume that an online store is going to be easier and less expensive to run and operate. And for you to debunk that myth is perfect for our audience because they do realize that it takes a little bit more planning than actually having a brick and mortar because you're missing that foot traffic and there are other expenses that you don't take into consideration like online ads and so forth. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you might be afraid, somebody might be afraid of what they consider high overhead for an actual mm -hmm. physical building. But Mm -hmm. people don't realize in order to have a very well-built, nice-looking, attractive, optimized website, okay, the person who's doing that website for $250 or $500, Mm, that ain't gonna cut it. You know, it's not yeah. gonna it's not gonna cut it. So your budget, you're still gonna have a budget. You know, you're still gonna have expenses. So I just want people to know that it's not easier. It's just different. Not better, not worse. Just different. And you said that you've made plenty of mistakes to kind of like Ooh. tell you oh. that that's not for you. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously learned a lot from those <laughs> from those mistakes that you're confident in telling everybody to really think about this option. <laughs> now, yes. what what if you don't mind really quickly, just what are some of the errors that you feel like you made and that you would you would suggest that people really consider doing more research or learning more about before they walk in the same path as you? Okay, so let's go with, um, oh, God, there's just so many. I, I don't even know where to start. Um, <laughs> well, definitely the whole, you know, okay, well, now I have my physical boutique open, you know. Um, people are, you know, it would be nice to have an online store because we start, we start as we naturally will look at other people, see what they're doing, and sometimes we want to emulate uh, based on their success. So I naturally just thought that was the right move to make as I was building, you know, going forward with my boutique. And I quickly found out, you know, that that wasn't it. After I spent a lot of time and additional money, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I made money from it, but certainly 
the ratio to headache versus profit was not ideal. So I said, okay, that's enough from that. So I learned that mistake. In terms of just being a business owner in general, oh, my God, budget. Mm-hmm. Budget. I'm big on cash. Like I said, I've never taken out any loans. However, in the process of running a business, uh, especially the boutique side, well, any of them, I should say, we want, we have our visual, our idea of what we want it to look like, feel like, what we want to offer, and we can blow that budget that we started with really quickly. I've done it more than a couple dozen times. Did you hear what I said? And got myself into some trouble with my credit card, you know, because, well, oh, it's so cute, you know, this this dress is hot, I got to get it, I know it's going to sell, and yeah, it does, but uh, you never want to put your personal financial being in jeopardy for your business. Mm-hmm. So that was one of, that was a big uh, learning experience for me, you know, Stay within my budget. Again, have a plan, un- properly understanding how to price uh, items so that you can make a profit, properly knowing how to buy. You know, at the beginning, I was just kind of figuring it out as I went along, which is fine, but everybody doesn't have to do that. If you can learn from someone else who's made certain, you know, errors, then make your path easier. So, um, a lot of people think they, they automatically got it in terms of, like, where to get their inventory. Oh, okay, I'm just going to go to the market or I'm going to jump online or to one of these online showrooms. Okay, that's great, except when you get to the market and there are literally 4,000 vendors there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what your whole plan. I mean, and if if you have a problem shopping for yourself at the mall and staying in a budget, Imagine, you know, going to buy for your oh yeah yeah one store. Then you go to this market and there's like four thousand vendors there, and you showed up with no plan. Just okay, well, I'm gonna spend X amount of dollars, and that budget is gone by the time you get to vendor number three. That's just foolish. That's foolish. It, it is foolish, but I get it. Not and not just one time. I mean, it's 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 um it's addictive. It's like it's like yeah. shopping for yourself. So you have to, you know, put your business hat on and be like, okay, listen, this is this is what I got, you know. And that's why I have a, a one of the posts I did was on whether or not attending apparel trade shows is a good idea. I put pros and cons because I never really think of things as good or bad. Mm-hmm. I just say it depends on where you're at. Depends on where you're at in your business, what's going to be the best solution, you know, or direction. Right back to, that takes us right back to being, you know, strategic and planning effectively because you really yeah. don't want to make those kind of mistakes, realizing that yeah. I have a lot to choose from and I only have but so much to work with. You want to be prepared. And, and probably, Aisha, the last thing, I, one of the, this probably I should have mentioned the first, you know, misconception or mistake that I made, and I think a lot of people do this, is the idea that uh, having your own business is somehow going to free you up from having to work as hard. 
No. You're going to have to put in no. more time, right? Oh, my God. No, ma'am. Absolutely. You're going to work. If you work 40, <laughs> hour, 40 hours a week at your job and you know you're going to make $40,000 a year for 40 hours a week, okay. When you go into business for yourself, please know you're going to work at least double that because you'll be working without you even feeling like you're working okay, mm-hmm. in some instances. But you'll be working double, and sometimes you will be making half or even a quarter of what you may have been making when you first start. You know, And if you don't have your ducks in a row, you might not be making anything. So be prepared for, like you said earlier, you know, the failures or the mm-hmm. perceived failures or mistakes you know, be prepared for that. So have a little bit of cushion if you can. Um, don't be ashamed of having a side hustle, a side gig while you are actively doing your full-time business. I, I mean, I did. You know, I, I did. And I don't have any problem, you know, if my coins start looking low to implement a new strategy or whatever I need to do, you know, uh, now, for all that li- for all our listeners out there who are um, in that mommy boat or in that oh. wife boat, who like oh. you know, like the two of us, I want to know oh. because you just brought up an interesting subject. You're talking about putting in double the hours that you would into your own business, that you would into your full time job, and even having a side hustle. Now, ma'am, you have to explain how are you balancing <laughs> all because you're I'm- a mom and a wife. And an entrepreneur. How do you have time to procreate and have a loving husband if you're running all these businesses? Okay. So answer the question, how am I balancing it all? Here is the biggest secret nobody is telling anybody else. I'm not. I'm not balancing a thing. Listen, some, some weeks the business aspect, of my life is on point, it's lit, I'm red, ready to go, it's, it's great. The next week is all about, you know, it might be, you know, I've got to get this house in order, you know. Um, mm-hmm. The next, You know, whatever. The next week is like, oh, okay, you know, it's all about family time, you know, because yeah. the idea of being able, and this, this has been my experience, and any of my mentors that are wives, mothers, this is, this is what we sit around and talk about, you know, when we go hide from our loved ones. And Uh (laughs) yes, the the bathroom hideout is real. There is no balancing act. It's just you do what you can as you can and you do the best at it. So there it's like a it's it's a flow. It's it's just more like a flow. It's not a one day I got it all worked out. you know, the husband's great, he's happy, kids Looking great, looking like you know, cover models. I'm fly. The business is making money. I, mm, every now and then, that little unicorn happens, but for the most part, it, it just doesn't. You just do the best you can. And um, I actually have. So when I started my my very first business, I opened. I was around 25. I got married when I was 32. And it wasn't until, I guess, I guess I was about 30, 30 or 31 
I actually had built the, the boutique up to a point that I did not have to be there. I had staff. I didn't have to be there for in order for my business to run, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up getting married, and my husband's job actually moved me completely out of the state. I was like six hours away. I was in Tennessee. So, and I didn't have any children. So I had kind of built my structure before I had the husband and the child situation going on. And I'm mm-hmm. glad I did. I have a huge, now my son just turned three, I have a huge respect for anybody who is doing this while they have a little one in tow. I actually <laughs> opened, oh, my God, I, like you. I actually opened, yeah, exactly. I opened up a boutique two years ago when my son was about, uh, he was about seven or eight months, okay? I opened up another boutique where I live now because we're done moving. We've moved like, we moved like four times in seven years, okay? And so I said, okay, we're done. We're here. All right, I'm going to open up one here because they were, they're so thirsty for fashion. And my son was seven, uh, six or seven months old. I was breastfeeding. Um, I, my son didn't sleep longer than an hour, I mean longer than six hours until he was a year and a month old. So we were completely sleep deprived. I about lost my mind. And I was taking him to work with me, you know, at my boutique oh. uh, here because it's this new one. I was basically running it and everything. I still got my hands managing the other one in St. Louis. I'm here in Jet City trying to do this. Got the little one, new mom. It was just, I, I, I just was like, I don't know how y'all do it. So I can't give anybody a whole lot of advice on that. I'm just <laughs> now coming out of the tunnel. And, you know, but it was, a, it was a huge amount of work. So for me, I would probably recommend that if you have the option, if you don't have children right now, if that's not something you want to do in the next year or two, you know, get, that, get the business and stuff going because there's a lot of stress too. That is huge amounts of stress starting your own business. And having mm-hmm. being a, becoming a wife, that was one thing. But becoming a, a, a first time mom, that that listen, whatever people want to know from me, and I'm like, oh, son, your business, all oh, that's not. That's how I felt about having a baby. This was like the biggest, hugest undertaking I could have ever thought about, you know. <laughs> and I I had what people tell you on paper is the way to go. Oh, wait till you're married. Now wait till you're older. Wait till you're married. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I about lost my mind. So <laughs> I just do, I just do what I can, and I have a husband that's very supportive, very involved, uh, which is huge. I don't have a big village here because my family is two hours away. He, both our families are two hours away um, in St. Louis, so we, it's just us. We're our, we're our own nucleus, and. Uh, we just been, you know, we just been, we just been making it, it work. But it's it's been very helpful having a husband that's very involved in being a father and a very supportive husband. So that makes it easier for me. That's awesome that you have that. That's a blessing um, to have that kind of support. 
um, especially Amen. from your husband, and then that motivation from your child, you know, that's, that's, that's amazing. So let me steer this back right back to your coaching sure. because this all started with you helping people. And obviously, you know, your passion for helping people and your passion for not only the retail industry but entrepreneurship as a whole is kind of uh, providing fruit for your family. So let me let me steer this back to the people that you're actually helping. What are some of the improvements that you're seeing most often in your coaching relationships or with your clients? And how would you suggest that entrepreneurs maintain those improvements um, after they're done with you, like when they have to learn or work independently? So the biggest uh, breakthrough I think that most of my clients have is coming out of our sessions with a, a, a better sense of clarity on what they want to do. They're not just, they don't just have an idea of what they want to do. They actually have a plan. And uh, that, that having that plan and breaking it down into actionable tips, I'm really big on not just saying, okay, here's, here's what you need to do. Okay, bye. You know, and then you go do it. I'm going to, here's what you need to do. We're going to we'll go through this workbook. We're going to go through this worksheet that I've provided for you to have some step-by-steps, you know. So as they're, as they're going and accomplishing each step, that is building their confidence. So when they're done with me, depending on whatever package or session that they've chosen to do, for instance, if they've, if they've worked with me with the, you know, build your own boutique package, mm-hmm. when we're done with our call, they have everything that they need to I mean, I, I don't have the money for them now. I don't provide that. But they have everything <laughs> that they need to actually implement and start their boutique, provided that they, you know, they have whatever funding that they feel that they need to have for their particular type of business. Um, so they're ready to go. I've given them the tools. And once people have a clear plan and now they have the tools to do it and they've actually started to do things, they, lead, they have more confidence. You know, that has eliminated that fear factor, the fear of what if I do it wrong. They don't fear that they're doing it wrong because they talk with someone who can say, uh, yeah, no, or, you know, here's another resource that maybe can, you know, help you, you know, figure it out a little bit more. You know, I'm big on actually I want my clients to succeed. So that's the biggest thing that they usually walk away with is having that clear concept and then actually having the tools that they need to, you know, to implement and get that business going. Um, okay. Once we're now, done, uh-huh. once, once we're done, I mean, and I don't know if you've ever done, but I think uh, I, certainly I don't have to talk to, to the same person every month for two years, you know. Um, but the, the biggest thing in terms of maintaining what they've learned is I tell them, okay, be Okay, be a part of, you know, my, you know, my weekly emails. I keep people motivated that way. Find a mentor that's close to you. You know, start developing your own community, your own tribe of like-minded people so that you can bounce ideas off of them. Because as supportive as my husband is, you know, we can get an argument started real quick when I ask him what does he think about a certain 
business implementation that I might want to do. And he's like, yeah, babe. Literally, he, he thinks he's being supportive when he says this. He'll be like, yeah, babe, I mean, I don't know, whatever you want to do. I mean, you, I mean, it's your business. You know, you know, how, you know what you need to do. <laughs> and in his mind, that's supportive. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm asking what your thoughts are. You know, so I now know I have a tribe of mentors or girlfriends who are also business owners, and we have a, you know, we have that confidence with one another, and we can share our our ideas, you know, and, and help each other out. So that's that's the biggest way to kind of keep it going and keep yourself aligned, keep yourself in check after you, you know, implemented things. That's incredible. So. What do you think your clients would be saying to others about your guidance and your training? What are some of the testimonies you've received in the past? Oh, they're so sweet. They really are, but <laughs> they, they, they are sweet, but they do tell the truth. Probably the biggest thing you would hear from somebody who has worked for me is that, you know, I'm very straightforward. Um, I'm not big on a lot of formalities. The way I'm talking to you now is the way I talk to my clients. You know, and um, I work better with clients that are ready to hear the real. You know, they don't need a whole lot of stroking. You know, you need somebody to be woo 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 woo. That's right. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's literally like what some of the testimonials say. I'm very, um, but I'm I'm compassionate. You know, and I'm straightforward like that because I want people to make it. So we don't have time to be going over step one three weeks in a row, you know. So it's like, hey, did you did you get that done? And so most of my testimonials, most of the people that I work with, their biggest thing is like, man, she's going to tell you how it is. She's going to really you know, she's gonna be straightforward with you, but it's always from a compassionate place, and they say they really appreciate that. They really appreciate having somebody that's like, listen, what are you doing? keeping them accountable, you know. They like that I'm, I make them accountable for their own dreams. That's awesome. That's awesome, and you should feel very proud of that. So, I mean, now that we've touched on your coaching and, you know, you're doing public speaking and really helping those people who need that guidance, need that support system, and need that tribe in order to get started in their retail business, or with their entrepreneurship, I would like to know, do you have any, do you know of any current trends or niches that prospective retail boutique owners should keep an eye out for while they're planning, while they're being strategic, oh, yes. that, you, that. that you know off the top of your head are guaranteed successes if you put in the right elbow grease? Oh, my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. So, okay, well, before I, before I give the, the specific niches, I'm going to say this. Don't, that's another big thing. Don't pick something because you assume it's just, just because it's going to make money, okay? Mm-hmm. You have to like it. You have to love it. <laughs> yes. Because you're, because you're going to be in it, mm-hmm. you know, up to your eyeballs in it. So if, if you just kind of like it, guess what? By the time, you know, you put in six months and you're doing it and you're there 10, 12 hours and blah, 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 and, Maybe it ain't popping off like you had thought. Trust. So that's why you have to love it, okay? You just can't go after it for the money. However, oh, my God, great example, children's boutiques. 
child if y'all are listening to me, children's boutiques. <laughs> especially little boy boutiques. Mm-hmm. If you wanna make some money, open up a boutique that sells nothing but little boys' clothes. And when I say little boys, I mean from in, from zero, from newborn up to about like a, I guess five T. I think is the cutoff with mm-hmm. what they consider toddler. Oh yes, my God! I've seen. You will make some coins because as a mother of a prince, I get so irritated when I go to any department store. And there are eighteen girls. You know what? The boy section is starving. The boy section is over there emaciated, just starving. While the girl section wraps around the building like twice. Eighteen racks in twelve sections for the girls, and the boy (laughs) section is like six by six with one (laughs) table of folded up pants and two racks of shirts. And you're so like, you are touching my soul. You are touching oh my, my soul, woman. And, <laughs> and then on top of it, the, the stuff that the, the, the shirts that they have, you know, and I'm talking like moderately priced, but this is, again, department stores and not boutiques. But like your department stores, everything's got a little boy. Everything's got a cartoon character or some monkeys and carrying on on it. And I'm just, I, oh, my God, you can make some money. And I could make some money. But here's why I've never done that, because I don't do children. So <laughs> I, I know better. You get what I mean? I know it's a mm-hmm. moneymaker. I'm telling you that because I was shot there. That's how I mm-hmm. know it's a moneymaker. I was shot there. And just like you're saying, you know that's the issue you have. So think about it. How many, how many boutiques do you see for children in your area? And then how many <sighs> boutiques do you see for little boys? In your area, yes. If the answer right. is less than three or less than ten or less, there you go. And I and I, yeah, boom, right there. Yeah, so, absolutely right. That's a huge <laughs> money maker. Um, another big money maker is special occasion and bridal. My boutique, mm-hmm. my very first boutique that I did solo, um, which was called the Little Black Dress. That's what I did. That's all I sold was special social special occasion dresses and prom because I'm a girly girl and I love glitters and sparkles and, you know, if I could go to the grocery store in a full-length Oscar gown, I would. Mm. So that that was so that's a, so that was my passion. Um, that's a lot of work, though. So I'm going to tell you, it's a lot of work and it's, um, it's more expensive to start. That's a very expensive one to start, but it's very, very lucrative, and if you love one-on-one interaction and, and servicing, you know, women for their special, you know, I, it was amazing that I would have little girls that would be going to, like, their uh, freshman homecomings or eighth-grade dances, you know, coming by a dress, and then turn around, and this happened to me when I had my story here, turn around, I'm near a, a Lincoln University, and I, this girl walks in, and she's an AKA now buying a dress. And I'm like, I remember, oh, my God, like, I sold you every dress from, like, the seventh grade up to your senior prom. You know, wow. that was just like, oh, my God. So that's a really good industry. And plus size clothing for women. Yes. 
Megan's on, male Megan. <laughs> so all of these these trendy sports that are kind of based off of fashion for maybe European men or young, you know, young trendsetting gentlemen, Rappers. whatever. <laughs> See, I'm trying to listen. I don't want to. No, we are not. We are not going to sugar it down. No, no, ma'am. We are not going to sugar it down. Yeah. If you can't take it, this is not the conversation for you. Yeah. My husband is a whole grown man. And he's like, first of all, (laughs) where are my thighs going in these skinny jeans? I'm not wearing it. Stop. Exactly. And I don't want him to wear it. You know what I mean? So there are very few um, stores for black men who actually want to look grown. You know, that that, that that wear, that men's wear that's in between, you know, your Jordans and Jogging Pants and your suits, mm-hmm. the, the clothes in the middle, you know. So that's a really good, uh, that's a good niche, niche, niche for uh, a business idea as well. Very lucrative. Well, they're awesome. They all are some great ideas. And um, I, I don't want you to be surprised one second if I, you know, tap into one of those great ideas because I think it's fantastic. I'm glad that you just <laughs> sat here and dissed it. Now I want to um I want to start to wrap things up a little bit because you've been dropping gems and I'm like you really just moved my soul. So I'm like, thank do you, you have? No, thank you. <laughs> do you have <laughs> any words of wisdom for those like you know are looking to start their retail boutique or looking to launch? and start something this year, 2016. We just got into the 21st day of the new year, so I know people <laughs> who are planning and being strategic should be on the ball right now. But for all those audience members that heard you and said, you know what, I'm going to start being about it and stop talking about it, what are your prophetic words of wisdom that you can dish to them right now? Oh, my God, just just start. Just start. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing, just start. Um, wherever you are, you know, whatever money you have, whatever amount of time you have, there is a way to make it happen with what you have right now. You don't need to wait until this, when I get that amount, when I'm, you know. What can you start thinking about what you can do with what you have right now and start busting some moves? That's the that's if if I could just say anything, just to start, you know. Um, and whatever it is. I mean, if you wanna be a caterer. I was just talking to someone the other day about they wanna have a catering service, you know, and oh my gosh, this is just such a big undertaking, it's so expensive. Um, mm-hmm. okay. You know, and just really quickly, I just get off the top of my head, I was like, Well, why don't you just again, pick a niche? Why don't you specifically work with certain smaller type venues? You know, and what we came up with was instead of trying to have this big, huge catering company and a commercial kitchen and blah, 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 why don't you just reach out to people and cater their needs for repast? Mm-hmm. I mean, Absolutely. unfortunately, that's something that, that we all are going to have to experience to participate in. And, you know, imagine the amount of burden that you can help take off someone by just all you do is cater small events like maybe a repast or maybe wedding receptions or maybe bridal showers, you know. You can rent a small baby shower. You can rent a commercial kitchen Mm -hmm. for a day, 
when you have a job, the other times of the month or the week that you don't, you don't have that overhead. Start marketing yourself that way. And he was like, that's so simple that I've never even considered it. You know, and so that's what I mean. You can start with what you have. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the big the big dream right now. So uh, that's that's my biggest advice. And then and and be ready for the be ready for the work because it's it's work. It's definitely work. Mm-hmm. It's definitely work. All right, so everybody, that is the best proven startup strategies for a creative retail business with Sonia Merritt Tompkins. She is the creative startup strategist for retail and service-based entrepreneurs looking to start or scale their brick-and-mortar business. Okay, everybody, so I'm going to make sure I I leave that link at the bottom of this interview and on my website. You go into www.sincerelysonia.com slash start here. Also, make sure you follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Sonia, uh, Sonia, you have a YouTube channel. I didn't know that till today. So make sure <laughs> yeah. you follow her on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, she takes lovely pictures on her Instagram, so make sure you follow her there. <laughs> and um, she's always dropping gems on Twitter, so make sure you follow her there. And she participates in a lot of chats as well, so she's very social. She's not one of those people just there watching everybody else. So I'm going to leave all her social. Yes, I'm going to leave all her social media links on the bottom of this interview. This was fantastic. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited. She's taught me so much. And for somebody who really loves retail, I got a feeling that I'm going to have to make it to that to that webinar myself. So join me as I leave that information on my <laughs> website to her webinar because I'm going to get the free workbook and everything just like everybody else. I don't want to miss out. I want to say thank you so much for being on our episode of Gap to See the Show podcast where we talk about fashion, entertainment, culture, and lifestyle. We just had an awesome expert on our show. Like We're going to have a couple of more awesome experts down the line. Make sure that you support each and every one of them, connect with them, and just build your network. Even if you can't utilize their services or their tips, at least build a tribe of people who will support you. And Sonia seems like a very supportive person. Person, and I definitely, definitely assure you that if you follow her, it will not be a waste of your time. So make sure you support them. Check me out at gaps2diva.com. That's G A P T O T H D I V A. And also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube and Facebook under the same name, Gaps2Diva. Dream as if you'll live forever and live as if you'll die today. You've just tuned in to the Gaps2Diva Show podcast. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Gap 2 Diva Show with me, your host, Aisha Gap 2 Diva Horns. If you like what you just heard, please check out my official website, gap2diva.com. Share our content and tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out my archive section on my website for previous podcasts and creative content. Also, sign up for my newsletter for direct access to news and information, especially for you. You can connect with me on Instagram, YouTube, Periscope, Facebook, and Twitter under Gap2Diva. That's G-A-P-T-O-O-T-H-D-I-V-A. Check me out every week for the baddest in creative motivation, style, culture, and flossom lifestyle. This has been a Gap2Diva.com production. Join us next time for another edition of the Gap2Diva show.